Welcome to This Week in Water from May 18, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. A bill was introduced in the North Carolina State Legislature last week that would make it a felony to disclose confidential information about the chemicals used by oil and gas drillers in hydraulic fracturing operations. One problem for the proposed legislation is that emergency responders on the scene of a chemical spill need to know what they are facing, but anyone telling them what toxins they are dealing with at the site of a spill would be committing a felony. So the proposed legislation would allow the state to turn over information about the chemicals to medical providers and fire chiefs. But medical providers and fire chiefs would have to sign confidentiality agreements to receive the information, so they would apparently not be allowed to tell anyone else about the chemicals at a spill. Presumably, only the fire chief at a spill would be allowed to know what other emergency personnel are trying to contain. The North Carolina bill would also preempt local communities from passing ordinances to control drilling and fracking. As if California's record-breaking drought wasn't tough enough, a study in the journal Nature last week found another shocking consequence of the water shortage, earthquakes. Scientists found that the depletion of groundwater in California's San Joaquin Valley is putting pressure on the San Andreas Fault, which could increase the risk of earthquakes in the state. Researchers have long known that pumping groundwater has lowered the valley floor, but this is the first time that the practice has been linked to quakes. Groundwater is very heavy, and its weight depresses the earth's upper crust. Remove the weight, and the crust springs upward, triggering tremors. According to lead author Colin Amos, any quakes that do result are likely going to be very small. His co-author, geoscientist Roland Bergman was a tad more gloomy, however, warning that small changes could be the, quote, straw that breaks the camel's back and be just that extra push a fault needs to fail. Do you balk at buying bottled water? either for environmental or other reasons, consider the price of bottled water for those living in the Arctic. 1,500 miles north of Toronto, indigenous people face very high prices for both food and water. The price of a case of Nestle's brand half-liter bottles of water sold for $83.49 Canadian earlier this month in the town of Iqaluit on Baffin Island. The high cost is due in large part to the low volume of food shipments and high transportation costs. Many people in the town of about 7,000 drink bottled water because the quality of tap water is not always good. Some, however, choose to melt snow or ice or gather water from local streams instead of buying bottled H2O. Who could blame them at that price? There was a collective gasp as people read climate change headlines last week. 
Two groups of scientists published papers stating that a large section of the West Antarctica ice sheet has begun falling apart, and its continued melting now appears to be unstoppable. According to the papers, the glacier's retreat is causing sea level rise at a much faster rate than previously anticipated. What's more, the loss will likely trigger the collapse of the rest of the West Antarctic ice sheet, which could cause an additional sea level rise of up to 15 feet. While the findings are dramatic, scientists predict the collapse could be anywhere from 200 to 1,000 years away, depending on future warming. In other climate news, a research team from Harvard's Department of Environmental Health found that heightened CO2 levels in the atmosphere will make crops less nutritious. The researchers grew a variety of grains and legumes and subjected them to high concentrations of CO2, CO2 levels expected to be reached in about four decades. The result? A significant decrease in zinc, iron, and protein for wheat and rice, findings that pose significant health risks. Any winners in this world with higher CO2 levels? Weeds. The recently released National Climate Assessment notes that several weed species will fare better than crop staples by thriving in warmer temperatures and higher CO2 levels. Last week, the heaviest rains and floods in 120 years hit Serbia and Bosnia. As of May 18th, it was reported that 35 have died and tens of thousands had been evacuated from Belgrade and other cities. Authorities reported that around 150,000 households have been cut off from power due to the flooding. In Bosnia-Herzegovina, landslides have buried houses and disturbed landmines buried during the war in the 1990s. EU countries and Russia are supplying humanitarian aid and equipment to the flooded areas. And finally, one of the biggest problems in the developing world is access to safe, reliable drinking water. A team of researchers from Carnegie Mellon and the University of Virginia have developed the Drinkable Book, which is not only a guide to safe drinking water, but doubles as a water filtration system. Meant for areas of the world where information about water and sanitation is low, the book educates about water safety and filters out dangerous bacteria. Each book comes in a 3D printed box, which converts into a filtration tray. A person simply tears out one of the pages and then pours water through it like a coffee filter. The result is safe drinking water free of 99.9% .9 of the bacteria that causes diseases like cholera and typhoid. Each page delivers 60 days of safe drinking water, while an entire book can provide up to four years' worth of water. Now here's a case where you should judge a book by its cover. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise, whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.